Welcome to ReChurch. I'm Marshall Fant, the Director of Church Consulting and Strategic Planning for Gospel Fellowship Association Missions. My purpose is to encourage pastors and church leaders as you refocus, renew, and revitalize your churches. We've established this podcast to offer practical tips and suggestions as you equip disciples to make disciples. This is Marshall Fant. Welcome back to GFA Missions Research. Uh, so glad to have you join us either on iTunes or Spotify or YouTube or Google Play. But we're thankful for GFA for sponsoring the podcast. Also, occasionally like to give a thank you to Harvest Baptist Church in Rock Hill for their contribution to this and all the work that goes into both the audio and video. So again, thank you, uh, Harvest and GFA and just all the workers here that do that. So today is a, uh, have two very good friends of mine and I wish Gretchen could be here, but a couple that we have come to really just really respect and admire their ministry. Uh, so pastor Dave Stockard and his wife, Linda, welcome to GFA research. Good to be here. Thank you. So glad to have y'all. And, and so we've entitled this three keys in the ministry, the second man, his wife, and really, um, as I introduce the stockers, I want them to give us a little bit of background. But we became acquainted uh, as I'm serving as an interim pastor and Pastor Stocker and his wife, Linda, uh, the administrative pastor, um, good night, everything you do. So uh, I'll introduce it this way. I think in any organization, there is a pastor and his wife that are the glue, that really um, – they hold it together, whatever position they're in. And at, at Faith Baptist and Taylor's, that's the Stockards. And anybody that knows the ministry. Now, how long have y'all been at um, Faith and Taylor's? We're in our 14th year now. Okay. So a little bit of background. Pastor Stockard, you are from Texas, right? I'm a Texas. <laughs> yes, Texas Longhorn. And uh, Linda, are you from Texas as well? I'm from Massachusetts. Oh, that's right, 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 right. Okay, so we got New England and Texas combining here. All right, yes, so y'all, I'm a Texan, yeah, yeah, you've yeah. been married. I'm a Texan and a Yankee. <laughs> I'll let you say that. I won't go there. All right, so you've been married how long, and how many children? Forty years. We've wow. been we celebrated this summer, and we have. Um, Three children that are all serving the Lord, and then we have nine grandchildren. We've had one every year for nine years, and we're having another one in June. So we'll have another one this year. So you have ten grandchildren. We'll have ten under to ten and under. Yes, we will. That's a busy holiday when you put all those. (laughs) It's a blessing. They'll all be here at Christmas, and that's wonderful. Oh, that's good. I know y'all looking forward to this. We're recording this in uh, November. And, and so, uh, they'll know Christmas is coming when we record this. Okay. So again, as I have, um, again, I get the privilege and Gretchen, I get the privilege of working beside the stockards every week, uh, for this last season. And as I watch their ministry, I ask them, can we do this podcast? Because I know there are many couples that are in, in a church where you have more than one pastoral staff mm-hmm. and, so what I want to really talk about uh, three keys, and, and by the way, in the show notes, um, Pastor Stocker did an outline on his presentation, so that outline will be in the show notes for you to uh, view, but we're going to kind of concentrate on, on three three key points here, and and what I'm going to do, I, I want both of you to give input, so Pastor Stocker, I'll start with you on the first one, and then Linda, get you to comment. So the way I've worded it 
uh, is you must understand the biblical pattern. All right, so um, you you bring this out of Scripture, right? So I'll let mm-hmm. you, I'll turn it over to you. So understand the biblical pattern, if you would run with that sure. and explain that. All right, I was just studying a passage in Second Timothy, Second Samuel, rather twenty three, just seeing David and his mighty men. And uh, David was at the end of his life, and uh, he was recounting how God's hand had been upon him. But he also talked about all these men that had assisted him, been a blessing to him. And uh, I think that uh, uh, he saw the value of an assistant. He had several assistants, but he would not have been the man that he was if he had not had these great, I think, these these men assisting him in the ministry. So I, I saw that as... Uh, as a neat uh, biblical model of, a, of assistance, helping a man to find uh, uh, his place and to help the man of God uh, assume and to uh, flesh out his ministry. So David had these uh, men behind him because these men wanted to be a blessing to David. They wanted yeah. him to be successful, and they knew their role to, to do that. And, uh, and, of course, these men recognized that God's uh, hand was upon David, and they certainly wanted to be a part of that. So I just see a model in the life of David and those mighty men that served under him and uh, how that God used them. And that's what I want to be, just a man in God's hand to be a help to a, to the to the senior pastor. All right, so, grace, I hope he's helped me do that over these years. Oh, he's yeah. And, and again, I've witnessed that. And as as you do this, um, I want you I, – I think I've got the quote right. Okay, so you can, you can uh, edit it where it needs editing. But – you know, I think you you introduced yourself to someone visiting uh, one of the churches where you were the second man, and you said, well, I'm the second man. And his quote was something like, the second man is God's man in his place of service. Is that Was that a close quote you gave me? Yes, that, that was. When we had uh, one of the interims uh, down at the church in Tampa where I was. Uh, we uh, I was in the pulpit just re- introducing the man, and, and I referred to myself as the second man. And after the service, he Pull me aside, he says, you know, I don't like that terminology. Now, he was a senior pastor, but he said, you know, you're God's man in God's place if that's where God wants you, and don't ever see yourself as a second man because what you do is as important as a senior pastor. So I it is. I stopped talking to myself as a second man. <laughs> All right. So um, in that, and as you describe it, so one thing, Pastor Stocker, I forgot to back up. So you have been in how many different churches have you and Linda served together? Not, I mean, after you were married. Sure. We've been in three ministries together, uh, starting in uh, a home church in Graham, Texas. And then we there we served there together for two years. And then we, God called us to uh, Tampa to serve in a ministry there for 25 years. And then he's led us here to faith uh, almost, well, 14 years ago. So we've been in ministry together over 40 years. Now, if I remember right, part of the ministry in Tampa was involved with a Christian school. Is that right? Yes. Yes, when I went there, I, I went as this Christian school administrator, and then, of course, was an assistant pastor as well. But, yes, that was one of my main roles. And then after uh, about 14 years of administrating the school, I felt God had completed my ministry with the Christian school, did not know for sure the next step. Talked to the pastor at that time and said, I'm seeking God's mind. And he said, well, we can't put you on the, the uh, on the assistant pastor role until uh, another year. But if you hang around, you know, you can yeah. come back on, and I'd love for you to be uh, my assistant. So yeah. we kept us there for the next 11 years. So for 25 years, yes, served wow. as an assistant 
course, the, I love the Christian school ministry, but God led us out of that after 21 years of administrating Christian schools. Well, he did not want to you to go anywhere else, and I don't blame him. I can understand the – and again, so uh, transparency. Pastor Stocker and I pray together. We try to pray together on a regular basis. And, and again, as you serve hand-in-hand – what I found with Linda and Pastor Stockard and, and Gretchen and I, there's a, there's a unity of heart of trying to serve. So I agree with you. I don't like the second man. I think it's a team. I think uh, what Pastor Stockard has promoted as well as men in your position is a is not only a team effort from you and your wife, but a team effort from the whole, not only the pastoral staff, but all the wonderful staff I've seen you work with. So I think yeah. you and Linda demonstrate that teamwork, and I think that would um, is, is is so valuable. All right, so yeah. we got that biblical foundation of David's mighty men. Uh, they assisted David, and really, as David achieved what God wanted David to achieve, these mighty men came along beside him and, and wanted yeah. the blessings on their lives as they served God in that place of ministry. Is that that's correct. Point. That's exactly yes. that's that's a that's the model that I see that uh, that, that God has certainly uh, I think gifted me to be that man to come alongside to be a help to God's man in a local church, the senior pastor, and I f- I found great fulfillment in that over the years. Good. God has never led me to be a senior pastor. I've had opportunities uh, to uh, to candidate, but I said no. That's not God's call upon my life. Mm-hmm. I'm right where God wants me to be in a subordinate role, and uh, I find great fulfillment in that. Yeah, I think your wife supports you in that. I think there's been. I great, do. Yeah. Yes, I, I think he's well suited for that. And Lord, you know, there have been times he could have been a pastor, but he always felt like this is where God wanted him. He said, I just don't feel called yep. to be the pastor. You know, I feel well, called. Well, he is a pastor, just not. Yes, he is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, okay. But not so, the senior pastor. Yeah, yeah. Right. Whatever you want to call it. We, we'll stop with that. <laughs> yeah. All right, the second key, and this is where I want to part because I think this, you, what you did to segue into it is really um, the second key is realizing your gifting. And, and in your outline, I think this is the fourth point you made. But, you know, I was reading uh, just yesterday in, in Matthew about the, uh, the servant with five talents, the servant with two, and the servant with one. And I think as we talk about this gifting, you know, God has equipped you and gifted you. And the talent he talents he's given you and Linda, you know, you are to be faithful in, in that talent. And so God has given you, um, you know, the gifting here. And as we talk about that, you know, so you, Brother Stockard, how do you want to start with that? The the gifting or the qualities or well, yeah, I I know God called me into ministry because we love I love people. We love working with people. We love ministering to people. Um, uh, ministry is not always easy, but it's wonderful. It's it, to to speak into the lives and the and to be and and uh, call to help people. That is a tremendous uh, calling, and uh, we have uh, uh, we have loved that. Been tough times, as I say, but but I think one of the the things of a of, a, of an assistant or a second man, if we can call him that, is uh, you know it'd be I think a key thing that a senior pastor looks for is a man who's loyal. Who will okay. be there for him, loyal, and uh, not a yes man, but a man that will back him, support him, pray with him, and even come to him when he needs to be, you know, talk through things to, to speak the truth. But uh, loyalty, I think, is key. All right, so Linda, how do you support your husband um, in yeah. that? It's because at first he's loyal. First, you're loyal to the Lord, 
and then to the to the place where you've been called. So, Linda, how if you're speaking to uh, uh, another pastor's wife, how do you how do you encourage him in that area? Um, I really um, stand behind my husband to make him successful first, so that he can be trying to make the pastor successful. I feel that is my role, you know, just to pray for him and to be there for him, to lend a listening ear when he needs to run things by me, to be available to him. But all of those things I feel like are real ministry, and I love doing that. You know, I love being behind him and just being able to do that. I feel like I'm pleasing the Lord when I'm doing those things and making him successful. Well, I think it's what you just said. Uh, I want to back up just a minute because you said when he runs it by you. And I uh-huh. think, uh, again, I know the both of you, so you, you make it easy for him to talk to. Yes, so, right. right. And there are some pretty heavy things in yeah. ministry you know, and it is good to talk it out and to be able to pray about it together. So yeah. what would you tell a, 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 I'm sorry, Brother Stocker, what'd you say? I just said that's been invaluable. Yeah. I pray to get yeah. over things. That's just what a support she is, yes. All right, so y'all have three children. All right, so uh, Linda, speaking to another wife's life, things are busy. You got kids running around. You need to get dinner on the table, lunch on the table, but yet your husband's got something he needs to talk through. And, and he's he's concerned about something. How how do you compartmentalize that? I mean, how what do you tell a young mother, a young pastor's wife, and her husband needs to talk? And she's got she's got ten things going on. What well, how do you how yeah. do you do that? You just have to make time for that. You know, part of that is organization, and he really likes to have an organized home. He's a very organized person. <laughs> And I'm I'm thankful we're pretty much both that way. But um, just keeping, you know, the house clean and having time. If you have a real organized household, for the most part, I mean, it's it gets tricky sometimes. But even after the kids are in bed, you know, having time to sit down and talk or just any time when he really needs me. You know, he would I could tell that we needed to go to the other room and talk for a while. And um you know, there's there's a balance there, but of course he comes first. He's number one. And we often told our kids we had each other before we had you, you know, he comes number one. And, um, you know, so uh, I, we never put the kids before our time together. All right, so sure. would, you, would it be fair to say you made your kids a part of the ministry you two were doing? Right. Is that, is we that- are. Very much so. Yes. And we, we even had a practice where we sat together in church. I mean, we didn't let the kids come between us. And that might sound silly, but that was one uh, way we did it. We just said, you sure. know, our kids are here with us. They're going to sit with us, but we're, we come together. You know, we're always going to be like-minded and be together right. on the same page. So did y'all have a a um, a certain time in the at night you would sit down just to kind of debrief or was just as needed I guess as needed when you do have children and you have devotions and you have all that, by the time you do all that, sometimes you're quite exhausted. Sure, Uh, sure. But we did. We didn't just make make a time to do that um, all the time, but as needed. It was more of an as needed thing, I would say. Yeah. Yeah. So, Pastor Stocker, loyalty. I think you also had the word subordinate on there. 
Yes, uh, yes. I, you know, to be able to subordinate to a pastor, you know, he's got God's vision. You have to be there to help him realize God's vision and to subordinate to that and help him realize that. I've said that a second man or an assistant pastor is never called to uh, to split a church or harm a church. Whenever you think that you cannot agree with the pastor, talk it through. And if you cannot, then, you know, my option is then to to move on because I'm not there to harm the church. I'm not there to take it over. He's God's man. And uh, that's uh, so I believe that's that's the subordinate role that uh, I must see myself, you know, under his authority and not seek to uh, undermine him. Yeah, and if you leave, you need to move far away, right? Not start another church on the other side of town. Not, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> not go down the street, right? Yeah. Go across town, but move on. Yeah. That's right. Okay. Uh, also, next thing you have, proactive. So, yeah, with that, you know, I, you know, a senior pastor's got a full plate. He's got a lot, of, especially in a larger church, so many things, counseling and preaching and preparation. Uh, the last thing the preacher needs to do for the pastor needs to, uh, is to try to you need to do this. I got to be proactive, be thinking ahead, try to get into his mind, get to know his, uh, his heart and then act proactively and do things without being asked. And uh, I think that can be an invaluable uh, trait to, to a pastor, you know, get into his shoes, think yeah. like him and uh, do things without uh, having to be prompted. Now, sometimes you have to back up and ask before you do, but most times you just sense and know his heart. That's, Let's uh let's act on this and then uh, yeah. and he trusted me to do that. Any pastor I've worked with has trusted me to do that. He's known that uh, I'm gonna consult him on major issues, but things that need to be done, just move forward. Get them done. And have to do the thinking for you. All right, so Linda, I'm sure you've served under different pastors' wives, served with different pastors' wives. I'm sure yes. some may be open to things and some are not. How do you discern <laughs> as you also are supporting uh, the role of the church. How do you discern if the pastor's wife wants your input or would rather just not have your input? Yeah, all pastor's wives have different personalities yeah. for sure. And, you know, it can usually sense. And I would say, um, you know, sometimes I just had to say things and I would help them maybe see through something that didn't seem to be going quite well. And I would just try to, um, you know, give my opinion, but if it wasn't taken, that was fine. I just had to learn not to be hurt by that, just to put my pride, you know, that's fine. We can do things different ways. It's all right. But, um, you know, if it came to something that was major, of course, we had to talk it through and there had to be more conversation. But if it was just a different way of doing things, no big deal. It was fine. I could do that fine as long as I put my, gave my input. If it wasn't, that's fine. Yeah. All right. So as we continue thinking about the, the giftedness or the the uh, qualities, um, Pastor Stocker, another one you put down was contentment. You yes. Wanna, you want to comment on that content, one? Yes. Just to be content in your role, knowing that this is God's not it's not a stepping stone to a to the to the next level, but it's this is where God has called me and to be content in that role, knowing that I'm fulfilling God's uh, call upon my life. And uh, and to find and to find peace and uh, and the fulfillment in that. So that's what I mean by contentment. Not looking to move move up the ladder, so to speak, but content in being God's man to help the senior pastor to be a blessing to the church. So how do you die to self? You had that noted. How do you die to yourself in that? Is that learned through contentment? I mean, 
It, yeah, it's learned, that. and then sometimes you you struggle with your flesh because sometimes you know you say, "Well, I want to be recognized. I want to be in the." You can't be in the limelight as as an assistant. You realize that you're there. To, the the pastor is he's he's the people's shepherd. He does he ministers to them. He counsels, and uh, you know you just have to realize that you know you do things that always not, will not be recognized, and that's fine. Okay. So I learned to die to self, die to you know to be humble and. And not let pride get in the way because it can easily raise its head if you're not careful. So you got to be one of David's mighty men, right? Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got you got to submit, subordinate, and realize that's uh, yeah. and uh, you can do that. God helps you do. He's helped me do that over the years. You know. I right, so you can, go ahead. If, if you want to pastor, then you just you need to move on to that level, and if that's God's call. But if not, then be content where God's placed you. All right. So all right. Let's, let's back up there because I think you've said that a couple times. I, I don't want to forget to bring it back up. So okay. if I come to you and say, Pastor Stockard, I'm a number two guy. I've been doing this 10 years, and God's stirring in my heart about being a pastor, mm-hmm. about you know moving on. So what, what advice would you tell him what to do and what not to do? And then, Linda, I want to say the same thing. If this if this man's wife comes to you, what would you say? Nor he's he's in that he's in that holy unrest place, and he just doesn't mm-hmm. know. And I think the things you brought out are very good. But now God is stirring. So what yeah. would your advice be to one, you know, under under giftedness and God? He thinks his gift set maybe now as preaching every week and that type thing. Sure. What's your advice? I think I think a man who's an assistant can God can begin to work in his life as, as he's been exposed to ministry. I think he just goes and he talks to his his pastor and says, you know, God is working in my heart. I believe God wants me to take the next step. And I would just encourage him to, to meet with his pastor, to pray with him about that and just help him to discern that yes, you do have the gift. You are a man that can pastor a church. You do have the gift of ministering the word of God. So I would encourage him in that because, you know, not everybody's like me who's content. God's called me. I know early on to this position, not to assume a senior pastor, but there's a lot of men who've been assistant pastors that have gone on to be great pastors. So I would just pray with him and encourage him to see his pastor and pray over it and see where God might lead. But that's certainly, I think, God stirs in men's heart to, to move on to pastor. Good and that's great. So, Linda, yeah. I'm fixing to throw you a curveball. All right, this is okay. all right. So now you've got uh, a man, uh, uh, this you know, in your position. She's the wife of the man serving as the assistant. She thinks her husband needs to move on, but he doesn't want to. Oh no, she thinks. Now, okay, so that's a total. Uh, you did not know this was coming. All right, so yeah, she thinks because I've seen this before. She thinks. Yeah. All right, no, you you need to go. You you can do this. And he doesn't, yes. he's not sure. So what do you tell her? What's your counsel to her? There's nothing wrong with communicating to him what you feel. Right. But if he doesn't feel that way, he's got to make the ultimate decision. Okay. And if he feels he should be, you know, the assistant, then support him all you can in that. And don't try to make him into something that he doesn't want to be. Okay. Um, would never, I wouldn't push him to be the pastor if he didn't feel that way. And he never has felt that way. So I didn't need to. But on the other hand, many men have been assistant pastors that have gone on to be a pastor. Sure. Once yeah. got into the ministry and got their feet wet and said, this is what God's calling me to do. Mm-hmm. So it has to be God's calling. Mm-hmm. And I think it'll work in both of your hearts. But if your husband's saying, no, don't keep going that way. I mean, it's just not God's will if he doesn't feel it is. 
And I think it goes back to that word your husband said, contentment. And mm-hmm. she's got to see his contentment. And that stirring yes. has got to come from God and not from uh, any other source, right? Yes. All right. Yes. All right. And he's always been very content in that role. I can truly say that. And there are times, you know, I see him and all the work he does, and I see him work so hard. And I sometimes wish he could be thanked more, you know, but yeah. he will always tell me, no, I'm I'm God pleaser. or I'm not a man pleaser, and, and God will take care of that. But as his wife, sometimes you do want to see a little more thankfulness, sure. you know, Absolutely. that's just everybody's different and God will take care of that. Yeah. It's true. All right. Uh, so under giftedness or qualities, Pastor Stockard, anything else you want to add to that? Well, you know, I've said, you know, you need to be an organized man because, you know, administration, I think, should be a gift for us, uh, for an assistant to help his pastor. He may not have that, that quality, but to help him uh, to, uh, to uh, keep on top of administration, things that a pastor doesn't want to deal with. I think you've got to be good with that. And then I just say dependable. Uh, make yourself invaluable to your pastor, but know that you're not indispensable. So, and uh, know that he, you can be a constant, a steady through the tough times, the good times, but just know that he's there, he's dependable, and uh, he doesn't have to look over his shoulder and wonder what sure. you're up to. He knows that you're going to be there. Again, dependable, steady, and uh, I think that that's the quality God would have assistant pastor. All right. So the last thing I wanted to say would be number three is to, um, you know, know your role. Okay. R O L E with my Southern draw. I want to make sure I spell that out. So, uh, knowing your role, um, I think you also, uh, if for those who are looking on the outline, this is your third point. And again, the outline will be in the show notes. So I think you've got this, the duties of the second man. So you mentioned, um, you just mentioned administration. What else goes with that? Administration and the other aspects. Well, it, it, as an assistant pastor over the years, I've done a lot of different things in ministry. One of those, um, of course, has been working with missions. I've, I love missions, and I've been a part of the missions ministry in, in this church and, of course, the previous church. So working with our missions uh, team, our missionaries, Linda and I have taken uh, missions trips over the years. What a what a blessing that is. So missions, you know, Sunday school, uh, administration, overseeing that, uh, coordinate church-wide activities, whether it be missions conferences, revival meetings. I've done a variety of things. Work with bus ministry, of course, school ministry, uh, coordinate special Sundays, just a lot of different things. Hospital visitation, helping a senior pastor with that is huge, especially in a larger church. So just things that you can do to help take off his plate to help him be effective in preaching and teaching the word of God. So um, those are, I've, I've done a variety of things in the 47 years of, of ministry, but uh, I really love the missions and uh, just the administration of, of just keeping things running smoothly, keeping, uh, uh, just keeping a unity amongst the staff. And I, I oversee our staff here at the church yeah. and we have yeah. meetings, but um, I find great yeah. fulfillment in it's, that and just helping things to run smoothly. And I think also not only the staff, but I know that when we're talking through situations, you get an email about somebody's in the ER or what, whatever, you're usually the first to call. And I think you, you're taking that burden off others. Yes. And I think yes. that's the heart of the under shepherds. I mean, you're, you do that because that's what you want to do. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. I have, 
for people. So when we hear and see hurting people, yeah, it's our, our burden to reach out to them, to contact them for years and years. I love hospital ministry, but since COVID, a lot of that has changed. I haven't been in the hospitals as much in recent years. More is coming back, but I love that ministry of going in and praying with people prior to surgery or after surgery, but in hurting times, just I think that was a real gift that God gave me just to move into that. And sometimes senior pastors had rather not do that as much, So, but I love that part Good. of the ministry. All right, Linda, you want to comment on the role of like you as the wife and I mean, you're a valuable part of the pastoral staff. I mean, again, you and your husband are a team. You're inseparable is the way the church sees you. And so what? how do you view your role in all this? I mean, you mentioned it before, but. Yeah, I, I've never been one to really love being in the limelight. So mm. I love being behind the scenes and doing things that help at church. You know, I think more of my gifts are just um, greeting people, you know, being able to um, counsel people and just, um, you know, I, I just love that kind of thing, being able to talk them through things and just um, being a help to my husband, basically. But those those are really more my gifts, helping and serving is what I love to do, showing mercy, you know, yeah. those kinds of things are more my gifts. Yeah, and a couple of things I know you, you're singing the choir. So you're, uh-huh. you're, you right. do that as a ministry, and also both of you are certified counselors. So no, right. both of you do that, and so I think that's what you're saying. You're there to support. Right. Uh, that's one of your roles. Now, the last <laughs> thing I want to cover is probably what I would consider the hardest um, of what mm-hmm. of, of any, not just the Stockards, but I think any church. It may be because, you know, in, in what I do with GFA, most of the churches are in transition. So either a new pastor coming in, a pastor retiring, um, assisting a church with trying to form a pulpit committee and all that. And I know the in, in your, how many, 47 years of ministry? Is that what you said? 47, yep. Going wow. On. So in yes. your 47 years of ministry, you've been through a few transitions. So my yes. question is this. So how does your role shift? Okay, so both of you, first Pastor Stocker and then Linda. So how does your role shift? during a during a pastoral transition in the church? Well, I think as an assistant pastor, the people really look to the assistant. He's been there to provide a steady hand and, and just to know that I'm not going anywhere. I'm going to be here through this transition. I think that gives great comfort to people to know that he loves us. He's going to be here through this time. And, uh, and to pick up the slack, you know. Of course, in our ministry here, thank the Lord, God led you uh, into a, the uh, the interim role very quickly, which has been huge. Yeah. In some ministries, uh, in transitions I've been through, that's not been the case. Uh, we've had supply pastors. I did a lot of the preaching, but having a constant voice mm-hmm. like that is great. But I'm there, and Linda and I are there just to give comfort to the sheep that we're there, we're for you, and God will see us through this time. Amen. And uh, so, that means a lot. You and, you and Linda are kind of like a couple of anchors that steady the ship during the storm. I, storm yeah. is too. That was just, yeah. I'm yeah. not saying faith is in the middle of a storm. That is not what I'm saying. I'm just saying you and Linda provide that steadiness and, and the same hand on the wheel. All right. So Linda, yeah. what about how does your role change during a transition? Yeah, we are there. I feel like the Lord has put us here for such a time as this. Mm -hmm. I mean, he knew that we would be here during this transition, and we're just trying to be consistent and steady 
And um, someone wrote a note to my husband and called him unflappable. Ah, and I thought yep. that was great. That was a great compliment. It is. Because what we want to be, you know, we just want to be serving the Lord through this whole thing. And we don't want to change as far as our, um, as far as what we do in the church and as far as our relationship with the Lord, we're staying pretty steady that yep. way. But people have looked to us more yes. and have asked us more questions. And that's where I have to ask the Lord for wisdom in my words and make sure I choose my words carefully. But helping them through a transition can be a hard time. Yeah, because yeah. you and your husband are the, are the steady voices. You know, you've been there. They know it's the, it's the voice of the shepherd with the sheep. The sheep know your voice, and they mm. respond to that. So I think the biblical, that's the way I look. It's not a, you know, uh, an unsettled voice disturbs the sheep. But the sheep know the voice of their under-shepherd. And, yes. and that's what you and your husband have been. Any other comments no. you want to go with that? And you have been a huge help to us because we've yeah. had other um, men come in and be the interim, and they have been a tremendous help to us, just Good. encouraging us yeah. too yeah. to keep on Over and help years. us yes. during yeah. these times. We've yeah. had several of those, and they've been yeah. such a blessing. Interims, so. that's the job. As soon as y'all retire from what you're doing, you can be one of those interims. I've already recruited you. All right. <laughs> Could be. Okay, last question I always like to ask people. Okay, so this will be first. What are what are two or three unexpected blessings that you never that you didn't think coming your way, or maybe just one, one or two, about being in the role you're in? So first, Pastor Stockard, one or just one or two, just those unexpected wow. You know, you didn't expect that blessing. You know, just getting notes and emails and people coming up to us constantly saying, thank you for your ministry has been such an encouragement to Linda and me. I, I, you just, you sometimes just go through ministry and, you know, you're touching people's lives. But during this this particular transition, uh, it's just, it's really been a blessing to so many people say, we're praying for you uh, every week. We're, we're lifting you up. We pray for you every day. Somebody just sent me a text and said, we pray for you every day. So that's a huge blessing to us to know that people love us and that they're in the, uh, so that not that they didn't do that before sure. in, during this transition. That's been, that's been a lot to us really has. Okay. Linda, one or two. And I, yeah, I, I was thinking more on um, just seeing our pastor's ministries and seeing how God uses them. Mm. And we, Sometimes we stand back in awe and just we sort of want to get out of the way and let God use this man, seeing him prosper yeah. and seeing him do such a great job and have such a great ministry is a wonderful thing to be a part of. Um, and, you know, we've seen ministries grow and thrive and we just thank the Lord. You know, we stand back and just thank him. And that's a huge blessing. Good point. That's, let me just comment on that. Uh, I was in a transition down in Tampa, the first transition. It seemed like the church, it was, it just, we, we had members joining. There was a new uh, spirit. There was a new uh, excitement and God was in that. Amen. And I'm seeing the very same thing here in our church. Now there is a new spirit. There's a new excitement. There's a unity. And, you know, to me, wow, that, that's like, you could call that an unexpected blessing. And I, again, as Linda said, you're coming to be a part, you and Gretchen in this ministry has been huge. It's been such encouragement it to has. us. But that yes. to see yeah. the ship moving forward, wow, what but, a blessing. But I think Under. that is because of the role of you and Linda steadying the ship as it goes forward. Okay. All right, now, well, so let's back up 47 years. 
Okay. Yeah. Because there are always unexpected challenges. Okay. I'm not yeah. bringing any one church into it. So I'm not trying to mm-hmm. identify any of the three churches where you've served. Sure. I'm just trying to say, sure. all right, but it, again, you got a young man, his wife sitting here and, and you right now we've painted a pretty rosy picture. Okay. But we know that's not ministry. I think pastor stock, you said before ministry is hard or you, some, mm-hmm. some phrases that, so what would be two or one or two unexpected challenges that you would say, young man, these this may come up, and don't let it take you by yeah. surprise? Yes. Uh, you know, a pastor gets called away suddenly, or mm-hmm. uh, uh, he's in the pulpit one Sunday and he's not there the next. I've, I've experienced that. Uh, don't let Satan get in your mind and discourage you. You just stay put. You just let God work through you. Of course, there's always a challenge. Do I stay or do I leave? You know, the next senior pastor yeah. coming in, will I be able to work with him? Will I be able to adapt to him? And I, I know that that uh, has crosses, that crossed our mind in those uh, transitions that we went through. Does God want us to stay or will he move us on? Can we adapt to this new man? I've been through three transitions, uh, I wasn't up for a fourth, but as Linda said, for what it, God allowed this, yeah. and we're here, and we want to see through it. So I tell young men, if 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 that happens, take it from the Lord. Amen. Getting yeah. influence and don't turn and run. Just see what God will teach you through this time. Okay, Linda, the last you have a young wife, a young mother, a young pastor's wife. And she's got stars in her eyes. Ministry is all, you know, okay. So it's just mm-hmm. great. So what would be, what, what, what a couple of unanticipated challenges, you know, that you may bring her back to that she might face. You have to have thick skin. You really uh, do you have to work on that because I, I like to be a people pleaser. I like people to like me. I really do. And I've really had to work on that because people are not always going to like me. It's just that's part of it. Mm. That's part of ministry. And there are um, conflicts sometimes, you know, you work and work with someone yeah. and you think things are going well. And sometimes those people can really turn on you yeah. and it hurts. It hurts very badly. Sure. But you just take it to the Lord in prayer and, um, you know, God helps to heal those things, but they will happen. They are part of ministry and it can be a real challenge, but I've just had to pray about things. I've cried about things and prayed about things, but God is always there to help us and Amen. to soothe us during those times. Wonderful. But I think that would be my advice. Okay. Yeah. So I'm going to give you all any closing words again, any and, and Pastor Stockard, I think you would agree. Some men um, start as a as an assistant, an associate, whatever what terminology you want to use. Some men stay there a lifetime. Some stay there for a season. But what would be your final words, any final comments, challenges to those men? And then I'm going to get Linda to say any final comments to the ladies. Just be sure of God's calling upon your life. I mean, be in the Word of God daily. Be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. Do um, your due diligence with the Lord every day, and God will and Amen. will leave. He'll show you. He'll open doors. He'll close doors. Uh, but don't be afraid of the future. Trust God. He's promised to lead us. I love Proverbs three, five, and six. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Don't lead to your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will Amen. direct your path. I've Amen. seen that. We've seen that for forty-seven years. Yeah. Amen. Linda, any final yes. words? 
Um, yeah, I was thinking too that um, I was reading in Ephesians six, I believe it was, um, about how servants and masters and how they should act to them and that they shouldn't be men pleasers, they should be God pleasers. And, uh, you know, I have to constantly be aware of that. Just please the Lord and you'll be doing what's right. But also um, these conflicts that come in ministry, anything that draws us closer to the Lord is a good thing. And there will be those times, but they've always drawn me closer to the Lord. And so have that be your practice, you know, to draw closer to him. Um, But then also you will be stretched. You know, I'm kind of a quiet person and I've been stretched and I've been, I allowed God to get me out of my comfort zone. And I've, out that he will help me do whatever he wants me to do and he will always be there for you you just have to talk to him and be close to him stay in his word he'll give you counsel from his word every day but you have to stay in it and you know talk to him about it and he's always there good to help yeah and being stretched in our home we call that the gumby effect you know the old gumby <laughs> the stretchable little rascal all right so um for the sake of our listeners, the Stockard's email addresses will be in the show notes. So uh, if you have a, a discouragement, time of discouragement, time of question, I'm going to tell you I have found great, just great comfort in, in talking things through with the Stockards. I know you will, and I know that, that you can really gain from their ministry experience as well as their walk from the Lord. So Dave and Linda Stockard, thank you all very much. Appreciate you being with us today. Thank you, Pastor Marshall. You're listening to ReChurch, a podcast of Gospel Fellowship Association Missions. If you would like more information about our ministry or how we may assist you and your church, visit us at gfamissions.org consulting.